Today we're going to finish up um, this series in Philippians, and next week we're going to start a new series, The Song of My Heart, um, which is basically going to be from a few of my favorite psalms. So we did this series two years ago over here, and so we're going to kind of pick up with that series again, just some different psalms, but kind of sticking with that theme over the next two to three weeks as we head into thanks. Can you all believe Thanksgiving is here? Just, it is crazy how this year has felt. Um, so it is Thanksgiving time. So I'm going to begin this morning in Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 10. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. So if I were to guess the most popular verse in all of Scripture, I would probably say John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's probably number one. But a close second is probably Philippians 4.13. Um, and in fact, it kind of got national spotlight a few years ago with this guy, Tim Tebow, um, riding it on his eye black. And if you'll remember all the way through the, the playoffs, um, through their season, he had Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength, written on his eye black. And in the national championship game, changed it to John 3.16. And, and some crazy, if you ever listen to Tim Tebow's tell his story about that game, it is fascinating the way the numbers line up and everything. But, but the point, this verse, 4.13, is probably one of the most quoted verses, favorite verses by so many different people. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So this morning, instead of focusing on I can do all this through him who gives me strength, I want to back up one verse, and I want to focus the, the majority of our time on verse 12. It says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I love the way the ESB says this. It says, I know how to be brought low. <laughs> I know how to be brought low. Is that something you have to learn? How to be brought low. Because in my experience, it's not something you learn to do. It just happens, whether you're ready for it or you're not. You are brought low. He says, I know what it is to be brought low, and I know how to abound. I know how to have plenty. I I know what it's like to have all that I need, and I know what it's like to have nothing that I need. I've learned something in life. And the point that he's trying to make is he's learned this through experience. 
This is not an intellectual exercise for Paul. It's not, hey, I've been studying, I've been reading some theology, I I got it in my head. Instead, it is, I have lived through it. I've been through the pain and the heartache of loss. I've been shipwrecked. I've been held in prison. I've been persecuted. I've been talked about. I've been through all the mess and somehow I've come out on the other side learning a lot about life. And here's what I've learned. I know how to be brought low. Go back to the NIV. I know how, what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty going on. He says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Paul's got a secret. Have you ever had a secret? And I was thinking about this. We keep little secrets all the time, right? When you walk up to that person in the hallway and you see them and everything within you is scouring your brain trying to think what in the world is their name and you say, hey man, it's great to see you. What's our little secret? We have no idea what their name is. Or if you're walking through the store, not that I've ever done this, and you trip, and people watch you, and you stop, and you, oh man, my, and you play it off like, man, my, my ankle kind of hurts. It's not that I'm clumsy, not that I can't walk, it's that my ankle kind of doesn't feel real good. Or when you walk in the department store, and you think, man, that's a really nice shirt or a really nice dress. And you turn over the price tag and you think, oh my goodness, I would never pay that much money for a shirt. But yet you let go of the price tag and continue to look at it as if you were actually considering buying it. Anyone? Or, or sitting in the doctor's office waiting to be called as you diagnose everyone else in the waiting room. We, we all have these little secrets that we don't tell. These, these little secrets that we keep inside. And Paul says, I have this secret, and it's the secret of being content. What, what does he mean in con- being content? Being okay. Being at peace. Not, not being up and down, just simply being in God's world, in God's presence, and being okay. I've learned the secret, and that's the word we're going to talk about this morning, is content. The secret of being content. Why is he content? Because he knows what it is to have everything he needs. And he knows what it is To be in need. He knows what it is to be brought low. And he knows what it is to abound. And what he's so grateful for is what we talked about in week one, these partners and partakers. These people who are joining in the mission of Christ with him. Who have given to him. 
And, and so what he says is, thank you so much for what you've given. Because the money you've given has gone on to further the gospel. Because you've given, my ministry can continue. And I'm so grateful for that. But that is not the secret of my contentment. I'm not content because you've given. I'm not content because you've cared for me. There's another reason, and he calls it a secret. And if you know Paul, and if you've been reading the letter, it is no secret what the secret is. The secret's out. Why is it a secret then? Because people who do not know Jesus do not know the secret. People who do not know Christ do not grasp and understand Paul's secret. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And here is the reason. I can do all this. I can live through any circumstance. I can experience loss. I can be shipwrecked. I can be shipped off to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. I can do all of this because of him who gives me strength. And then going on, after he thanks them and he explains what their gift has done, he says this in verse 19, And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So, so Paul says, thank you for meeting my needs, but understand you meeting my needs, you giving to me, isn't what's sustaining me and isn't what's giving me life. It's helping me do ministry. But regardless of if you give or not, my ministry is going to continue. Regardless of what happens to me, I'm going to continue to follow Jesus. Regardless of what circumstances come up, I'm still going to preach the gospel. And your gift has helped me, but it's not what sustains me. What sustains me is Christ. What sustains me is Jesus his spirit working through me and the power of his resurrection at work in this world around us. My God will meet all of your needs. And what has been so clear, and I, I hope in the, the book of Philippians you haven't missed this, but everything Paul has done, everything we have said, all points to Jesus we, we have these words that we've talked about every week of this. Gratitude was the first week. He has gratitude because of what Jesus has done. He has purpose because of what Jesus has done, because of what God has called him to do. He has, there is unity of the Spirit because of what Jesus has done and the sacrifice that he's given. He, he has sacrificed for us, and so we're sacrificing for the good of the gospel going forward. We're serving because we're serving not other people, but we're serving the mission of Christ and Jesus' resurrection. We're confident, we're not confident, 
confident because we're eloquent, and we're not confident because we're good, and we're not confident because we can earn, but we're confident because of Jesus, and we have belonging here in the family of God, his church, because of Jesus. We have proximity to God because of Jesus. The Lord is near. We have focus on where we're going because of Jesus. We're content in every and all circumstances because of Jesus. Everything, everything Paul has talked about, everything Paul has pointed to has been all about Jesus. So what is the secret that Paul has? What what is the secret that no one else really grasps or gets? It's all about Jesus. At the end of the day, it is Jesus. He's like this treasure in a field. And, and you have all that you need and everything is good, but you encounter this treasure and you go and you sell everything you have with great joy to go and buy the field. And everyone looks at you and said, what are you doing? Why, why are you selling your house? Why are you selling your possessions? And it's like, it's, it's okay, I found something better than all that I have it is Ezekiel the prophet said it's like this fire in my bones and I cannot keep it in that is Paul's um, every waking hour in his belief it's Daniel chapter 3 where they're commanded not to speak any more about God that they are to bow their knee to an idol and he says God God may or may not save us, but regardless, O King, we will not bow our knee. It's the the greatness, as Paul describes in Philippians 3, the greatness of knowing Jesus Christ our Lord, for whom sake I've lost everything. I consider it all rubbish, garbage, trash, manure, that I may know Christ. It's the beginning of Acts as this church is formed and Jesus ascends into heaven and the disciples go and they wait and they're waiting for something to happen and these tongues of fire begin falling on them and they have this power of the Spirit at work within them and they go begin preaching and then these thousands of people give their life to Jesus and and start following him and they're sharing their possessions they have everything and Peter and John they heal this lame beggar who's sitting beside the side of the road and they they have great joy because they give him life and they throw him in prison they make him stand trial for this And they say, you cannot speak any longer of the name of Jesus. And they say, we cannot stop telling people about what we've seen or what we heard. And this church continues to grow. It continues to move forward. And there's nothing, it seems, that's going to stop what's happening because God and His Spirit are leading the way. And the believers, they have everything in possession and everything they're sharing and they're praying together and they're worshiping together and they're gathering. 
And then they start to be persecuted even more and they get put into prison and it seems like it would end everything. But instead an angel comes in the middle of the night and opens the doors and they find themselves the next day free and in the temple courts preaching again. And they find this guy named Stephen and they put him on trial and they start stoning him because he continues to speak the name of Jesus And as they're stoning him, he points up to heaven and he says, you're not going to stop me from speaking of his name. I see Jesus. And it seems like everything is going forward. And Paul, this guy, actually his name at this point is Saul, is trying to stop the church and persecute him. And then on the road he meets Jesus face to face and he loses his sight for three days. And then when his eyes are opened, he becomes this incredible messenger of the gospel. And it's like whatever is going on in the world around them, there is nothing that is going to stop the church. There is nothing that is going to stop because the power of the Spirit is alive and well. Church, we have that Spirit within us. And He has given us life regardless of what happens in our world. We follow Jesus. We give everything to Him. No matter what the cost, we follow Jesus. Because because He is the one who reached down into the depths, into the mud and the mire, and He set our feet on solid ground. Listen. Paul's secret of being content. His secret of being content is not thank you for giving because now I have enough. But rather Paul's secret of being content is I am enough because Christ Jesus loved me and gave himself for me and has resurrected me. And regardless of what I face, I stand in the presence of Christ, whole, renewed, made clean, saved, redeemed, and my life is different now. I wonder. I wonder this morning as we we wrap up this book, is Christ enough for you? Is Christ enough for you? Or is it Christ plus money? Is it Christ plus our well-being? Or is it I have learned the secret in all circumstances, whether having plenty or being in one, that Christ is enough for me? And I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know 
where you are in your walk and your relationship with Jesus. I don't know how you relate to Him. I don't know if you've ever given your life to Him. But what I do know is you can spend your whole life searching to find the answer, the reason for that contentment. And you can turn over every rock, you can look under behind every tree, and the only one that will ever be enough is Jesus. I want you to know, church, God loves you immensely. He loves you so much that He gave His Son for you. That you would have life in Him. And you can search for it everywhere. You can look everywhere, but you will never find someone who will love your soul the way Jesus does. And so this morning, I just ask, where are you in your walk with Christ? Because that walk for for us begins in waters. As we're baptized into Christ's death. And we're raised into this new life. And we're set free from the sins of our past. And we begin this new walk. And because we've begun this new walk, our life looks different. The way that we treat people. The way that we talk to people. Or the way that we talk about people. It all changes because Christ has loved us and become enough for us. And our value is not found in what other people think or say. It is found in Christ and Christ alone. My hope this morning, if you've never begun this journey, that you will begin it today. But my greater hope, because I I know the majority of the people watching and listening have already begun this journey. My greater hope is that you will hear these words of Paul and that you will understand that it is all about Jesus. And regardless of where you've gone, regardless of where you've been, regardless of whether or not you've wandered from the path, you will come into his glorious presence. bowing down to worship. I want to just share this, and I want to end kind of with this. And I know this is a short, short sermon, so you can applaud later. Short for me, sorry. There's this scene in Revelation. 
And I know we think there are so many, so many things in our world right now that are important. And they are. But I do want to bring your mind back to how the story ends. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. And they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightnings, rumbles and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also, in front of the throne, there was one who... There, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they covered their eyes in front and in back. And the living creatures was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third was like the face of a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each with four of the four living creatures had six wings, and they covered their eyes all around, even under its wings, day and night. They never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne and who lives forever, the 24 elders fell down before Him who sits on the throne and worshipped Him who lives forever and ever. And they lay down their their crowns before the throne and said, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for You created all things and by Your will they were created and have their being. That everything at the end centers around the Lamb. We come to a table that's centered around the throne of the Lamb. We, we come to a table imperfect, unholy, undeserving, but made clean by Jesus' blood. We, we come to a table as individuals who have been gathered into this community to share in the fellowship of Christ. And regardless of beliefs or race or age, we are one because of Christ. Christ.